Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. this morning. Go with me to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to read from verse 24 through 27. We actually sang this verse just a minute ago. Um, and and let, let's, let's dive into now where those lyrics from Firm Foundation come from. It comes right in this passage of scripture, Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. It says as follows, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Somebody say the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came, the the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. For the next few moments, I want to preach to you on this very simple thought that I am calling family matters, family matters. Let's pray. Let's dive in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you, God, because we have felt you from the moment we have began to worship you. And God, because you are here, we just submit our hearts and our lives to you. We pray, God, that you speak to us in such a special way in this, such a pivotal message here for our church. We open up our hearts and minds to receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Clap your hands, all of you. Let's dive in to relation slips. You know, I every family grows up, and it, and it has its its thing, right? We we get so many traits, and we get so many qualities from our parents. How, how many of you ever older in the tent here today found yourself doing something, and you're like, oh my god, I'm becoming my parents? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my god, that's something my dad used to say. Um, you know, growing up, I used to watch my dad negotiate. My dad would negotiate everything. Like, like we'd go check into a hotel, and I'd go with my dad to the front counter, and he'd be like haggling there like it's the swap meet, you know what I mean? Just haggling over the price of the room, and were we going to get any breakfast with that, you know what I mean? Just anything. And my dad would look at me and tell me, son, everything's negotiable. Everything's negotiable. And, and, and then I grew up, and guess what I started doing? I started negotiating everything, and my dad saw this in me because I would negotiate everything just as well. And I'm looking at my kids, and I'm like, son, everything is negotiable. And so I'm I'm literally imitating my dad. It was that example. This funny, I won't give you the long story, but just this funny uh, moment in my life was I had been recruited. I was working at the same company that my dad was working at, and then I got recruited to go work for a larger company, and it happened through the network. Basically, someone knew my dad. They found out of me, but because they knew that it was Jim Herrera's son, it's Hireman. So my dad calls me into his office, gives me this little blue post-it. I'll never forget this moment. He gives you a blue post-it. And he says, hey, I need you to call this guy. This is his number. This company wants to hire you. And I'm like, I didn't apply for the job. He goes, no, 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 they heard about you, and they're hiring you, okay? And then, and then I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to call him right now. And then my dad said this because, again, I was a chip off the old block. He said, now, Josh, don't 
over negotiate, okay? He said, negotiate your salary, negotiate a sign-on bonus, but don't over negotiate. You want this job. And in that moment, it was kind of like a watershed moment because there I am implementing and doing the exact same things that I saw my dad do. And, and this is what happens with us and why we're talking about relationships. And today I want to talk to you about family relationships because there's four different types of relationships that you can kind of boil all relationships into. Today we're going to talk about family relationships. Tell your neighbor family relationships. As we kick off this series and we're going to talk about family, I want to go back to that verse that we read just a minute ago and, and really use that as the foundation for this conversation. And I won't keep you too long today, but there's some things that you've got to get in you. Here in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, God is talking about becoming a wise builder and he is talking about building your home. He is talking about building your home. Now here in this parable, in this parable, he makes some promises about how you are to build your home and the cause and the effect of each. And, and, and the first thing that we read from this parable is this. Jesus promises difficulties. Because in the parable, he said, the, this man built his house, and then the rain came, and then the streams arose, and the wind blew. Listen to me, lighthouse. You need to get this. There will be difficulty in your life. You are not immune to hardships. It doesn't matter if you have been in church your entire life. You're going to go through some stuff. We are going to go through some stuff. You are going to have your ups and you're going to have your downs. And I think if anything, in the last two years, many of us have had to go through some hard stuff, right? How many of you experienced loss in these last two years? Raise your hands if you've lost someone in the last two years. A lot of hands going up. I, I lost my grandmother really early on when COVID first happened. Lost, we lost a dear uncle um, last November. Just devastating. And so, so we've had to walk through some very difficult situations together as a family. Losing loved ones. Seeing marriages. I, I, I remember having to uh, walk with family as their marriages were falling apart. Just difficulty. And, and life comes at us, and you need to be prepared for when life does come at us. And, and what in this parable, as Jesus is talking about all these things that are happening, he, he starts now talking about the wise builder. Somebody say the wise builder. This is worth writing down. Wise builders build for the worst case scenario. Wise builders build for the worst case scenario scenario. That's not in my notes, but you should, you should write that down. You should lodge that away. You, you don't want to go to a house that was built where they only planned for sunny days, right? I mean, it's got like no water runoff. It's got no irrigation. Have you ever seen some houses that are like, like built in, in, in um, areas that are almost like a valley, if you will, and there's like no water runoff? And it's like, man, you really deal with all this flooding that comes into your house when it rains? I know it doesn't rain a lot in San Diego, but how many know that our freeways were almost built for best case scenarios? A little bit of rain in San Diego is a hot mess, isn't it? Like a little bit of rain. I don't even like to go on the road when, it, when it's raining. And it's not because I'm afraid of the rain. I'm just afraid of people. I'm just afraid of people. They just don't know how to drive. You know what I mean? And so, so, I, so wise builders are going to build for the worst case scenario. And, and this is what Jesus is talking about when he talks about these two people in this, in this parable who built their house, one on rock and one on sand. Now, what Jesus says here is he promises security for those who obey those words. 
that obey his word. He says, if you obey my word, you're building on the rock. And when you build on the rock and when the worst case scenarios happen, you're still going to be standing. You're still going to be standing. If you think for a second that Pastor Josh and Pastor Joanna have their whole situation figured out, I can guarantee you we don't. We are learning as we go. But I will say this, we've built our home on the rock. We have a firm foundation. And I don't have all the answers, but I am building on the one who does have all the answers. I don't know it all, but I am building on the one who does know it all. So I have hedged all of my bets that if I build on a firm foundation, when life happens and life is going to happen, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get through it. And so another thing that we read from this parable is this. Jesus' promises failure to those who do not build on his word. He likens it to a person who builds on the sand. Now, you might think for a second, why would anybody want to build on the sand? That's more, that's, that, that, that just seems so unreasonable. But, but if you think about it in life, here's what I like in building on the sand to. Number one, it's more comfortable. It's just easier. And we like easy. Don't tell me you don't like easy. We're always looking for hacks on YouTube, right? Someone's like, you need to get such done. I'm going to need them. Look for the latest hack. There's got to be a better way to do this. Now, that's a great thing, right? I mean, some of, some of that is good. I love YouTube because whenever I don't know how to do something, I just learn how to do it. But a lot of people don't want to put in work anymore. They're looking for the hack. And so the person that is building their house on the sand is the man or the woman that's really not taking time to build their house on Christ. They're looking for the hack. I, I just want the quick fix. I want to get through this easier. It's, it's more popular to build on the sand than it is to build on the rock, right? Nobody goes to the beach to hang out on the rocks, right? You go find some sand, unless you're like my kids, and then they go to the rocks. They're gravitating towards rocks so they can throw them. It's just like Lord of the Flies all over again. Just my kids. It's just my kids. We went to the beach the other day. We wanted to go see the sunset, and it's like we're there on the beach, and there's my kids on the rocks, and they're just chucking rocks. I'm like, God, really? You're going to hit somebody. Anyway, those are just my kids, but, but we, we like the sand because it's more popular. It's much more comfortable, and here's the thing about sand. When you lay down on the sand, it conforms to you. You notice that? You lay down on the sand, it starts to take on your shape, and we would rather go through life with everything conforming to us rather than us conforming our life to the Word of God. You build, yeah, yeah, it's okay. You build on the rock, it's going to make you uncomfortable. Try laying down on a rock. You lay down on the sand, comfortable. Lay down on a rock, it's like, oh, man, Lord have mercy. But, but, but you do that because you know that that's the wisest place to build. That's the wisest place to put your life, on the rock. It's a firm foundation. And so Jesus, through this parable... He tells us these are the benefits of building on the rock. Now, what I want to do with the last few minutes that I have with you all is I want to give you some values that are going to help you to build your house and to build your home and to build your marriage and to raise your children. There's some values that I want to give you right now, and these are really going to help you. And again, we look to this parable to see that Jesus is drawing us now to build on the rock. But, but what does that look like? Well, well, number one, write this down. You need to surrender and accept the lordship of Jesus. Building on the rock means, number one, we surrender and accept Jesus and he, we accept his lordship over our lives. Somebody say lordship. How many know that lordship is a lot more different than just saying he's my God? 
lot of people know him as your savior, but you don't know him as your Lord. And there is a difference. He's your savior because he saved you. But to be submitted to the lordship of Jesus means he directs everything in my life. He, he, he is the director of my life. I don't make a decision without first consulting him. I don't make a decision unless I go to my Lord. And what we have to do is move Christians from just knowing him as our savior to now knowing him as our Lord. There's a depth to it. That's why we just spent the last month talking about going deeper. When he is your Lord, he is controlling all of your decisions. And here's the thing about God. God doesn't bless good decisions. He blesses God decisions. He, that, that's one worth writing down. I'll repeat it. God doesn't bless good decisions. He blesses God decisions. Sometimes you'll face a decision and, and you know what the good decision is going to feel like. Well, this is good for me, but it might not be God's plan for you. And when you've accepted him as Lord over your life, you're saying, even if it's not easy, I'm going to do it. Even if it's not comfortable, I'm going to do it. When I am submitted to the lordship of Jesus, I am surrendering everything to him. I don't move without first consulting him. This is what Paul talked about when he wrote about and he, put, he penned these words. It's in him that I live and that I move and that I have my very being. That's what Paul said. Paul, Paul said, he's so much the Lord over my life and not just my life. He's the Lord of my home that I can't move outside of him. I, I move with him. Think of lordship as a conductor of an orchestra. Have you ever been, and I was, in, I was in band in high school, and I played in almost every musical thing imaginable that they had at my high school. I think that's why my dad got me a car. Like on the day that I turned 16, my dad got me a car. He took me to the DMV. He took the day off of work on my 16th birthday, and, he's, and he, <laughs> we got in line, and he looked at me. He's like, you better pass your test. I'm sick of driving you to band practice. I'm sick of driving you to wrestling practice. I'm sick of driving you to this. Then I got to go take you to church. You better pass your test. That was my dad. It was like, like he didn't get me a car, you know what I mean? Because he was trying to like be kind to me. I think he was trying to be kinder to himself. It was like out of necessity. I'd go, I'd go to these like these band tournaments and whatnot. Come home, I got one in the morning. Go pick up the pay phone. Hello, I'm old. I'd go to the pay phone. I'd call collect. Oh, y'all don't know about calling collect, do you? I'd call collect. You know what I mean? Operators say, please state your name. Dad, come pick me up. You know what I mean? <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, like you, you weren't even trying to get charged for that. Please state your name. Dad, come pick me up. My dad be coming at 1 in the morning. He was asleep. So I think my dad got me a car simply because he was just sick of how busy I was. But anyway, I say all that because I remember being part of the orchestra, being in the percussion section, and it's just noise until the conductor comes in front. And when the conductor lifts his wand, all of a sudden everybody comes to attention. And that, that's, that's the mental image of when God is Lord over your life. He's directing your life. Because a lot of times life is just noise until you have him take directorship of it. And, and so when he is Lord over your life, every single decision is ran through him. And listen to me, families, mom, dad, marriages, parental relationships, listen, run everything through him. Run everything through him. I, I'm getting to that point now because my son, he turns 12 next week. 
And so I realize, okay, I got a preteen on my hands now. And he gets a little more independence. And so I'm having to pray more than I've ever prayed before. <laughs> because before, he was close enough where I could smack him if he was doing something he wasn't supposed to do. What website are you on? Get off of that. You know what I mean? It's like now I've got to pray to God, God, would you watch over my son? Because I can't be there. I can't be there. I can't be everywhere present, but you are. And so I'm having to trust God and, and trust his lordship. Now, the next thing that we see here in this passage of scripture, another value that you got to really put inside of your house is this. You got to trust God to meet every single need. You got to trust God, not yourself, not your, not your education, not your qualification, not your good looks, okay? You have got to trust God to meet every single one of your needs. Pastor Phil shared a great story. I've been there before. I remember the first couple of years of my marriage, the first year and a half of my marriage, I was working for the San Diego School District, and I was working in the office. It was a good job. It was something that was getting me through. I was also, I was also trying to finish my undergrad. And then because the school system so busted, they were giving out, you know, the pink slips, and I had only worked there for a year and a half. So, you know, last in, first out. So, so I got a pink slip, and, and I remember just like, being unemployed, newly married, and just having to figure stuff out. You want to know what's crazy about all of that? I got the pink slip right when I was in the middle of escrow. I was in the middle of buying a home, and I got a pink slip. And I remember my dad pulling me aside and said, you know, Josh, most people who are unemployed don't try to buy houses. That was fatherly advice. I was buying new construction, so it was a long escrow. It wasn't like find a house one month later, we're moving into it. But I trusted God. And not only did he supply and did I get the job, but I got the house too because I trusted God. And you have got to trust God. The imagery that best illustrates this relationship that we are supposed to have with him is sheep and shepherd. Somebody say shepherd. In the Old Testament, you get this imagery of sheep and shepherd. And it really teaches us how to trust in God because there are three things that the sheep needs the shepherd for. Number one, direction. Number two, protection. And number three, provision. And in the same way, that is how we have to trust in God, that he would direct our paths, that he's going to direct our home, that he's going to direct our family, that he's going to guide us on his time. I remember when we launched the church, we said in 2020, we're going to make the move up the North County in 2020. We didn't see the virus coming. We didn't see the pandemic coming. So March hits and it's summertime and it's like, yeah, I ain't moving right now. It's crazy town right now. We are not moving. And it was incredible the way God orchestrated things because as we stayed put, it changed everything financially for my family. Because what happened at the tail end of 2020 with property values? Right? All the homeowners, can I get a good amen on that? And then what happened to interest rates? How many refinanced and locked in it? Thank you. Come on, where are my practical people at? Yeah, yeah. We make the move in the middle of 2020. We don't get to receive any of that. And I remember saying, okay, God, I had my plans, but now what are your plans? And he began to direct my path. And I trust in him for protection. And I trust in him for provision, provision, finances, food to eat, anything that you need. It's beautiful, the shepherd and the sheep relationship in the Old Testament, because we see through the word of God that we have got to apply that to our lives and to our homes and to our marriages. We, we, you, you cannot experience the blessing of protection, provision, and direction if he's not Lord of your life. Many of you don't want to be led by Jesus. And I'm not talking about coming to church. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you're led by Jesus. 
Okay, some of you were led here for other reasons. I'm glad to have you here in this tent, but at some point you've got to go beyond simply attending church and now saying you are Lord of my life and you are my shepherd and our home is completely submitted to you. In the same way, that is how you have to live your life, trusting God for everything. Somebody say everything. everything. Next note here, behavior is generational, so live intentionally say that again behavior is generational the the behaviors that you have at your home listen to me, mom and dad your kids are watching you they absolutely are and guess what they're going to do they're going to repeat it now that might terrify some of you or for some of you you're up for the challenge okay but in the same way now listen now that i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna dig in a little bit right here okay you guys ready for it all right, I warned you. Okay. <laughs> In the same way, you cannot be asking God, be the Lord of my life, be the shepherd of my life, and yet you live any sort of way you want to live. Don't say, God, I need you to do all of this, and you're unwilling to do your part. That's what I have found. You cannot live an undisciplined life and expect God to come in and clean up your mess every week. And so, Mom and Dad, you have to live intentionally. In what area? Every area. Every single area you have got to live intentionally. And there is so much freedom in living a disciplined lifestyle. Somebody say discipline. Discipline. As you live a disciplined lifestyle, you're handing down these values to your children. And they're watching you wake up early in the morning. And they're watching you read your Bible. And they're watching the way you talk to your spouse. And they're watching the things that you're watching. They can log on to Netflix and see your history. Okay, so... They, they see what it is that you're seeing, and, and they, they observe the things that you're saying. Tell, tell the person next to you, live intentionally. Listen to me. Good homes don't happen by accident. Listen to me, Lighthouse. Strong homes don't happen by accident. Listen to me. Strong marriages don't happen by accident. If you go into your default mode, your marriage is going to drift. If you go into your default mode and you don't stop, and if you stop pursuing your spouse, you're going to wreck your marriage. You better start living intentionally. You can't be like, God, I need you to be my firm foundation. He's like, well, come up up over here on the rock because I see you building sandcastles in the sand. You, you, you want me to be Lord of your life, but you're out there playing in the sand. Get over here on the rock. And, and mom and dad, you've got to live intentionally. And, 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 and listen to me. Husbands and wives, you have got to be intentional in your marriage. If you go to the default, if you put your marriage on cruise control, you'll wreck your marriage. You will. Don't pursue your wife. Watch what happens when the coworker does. Don't be intentional with your. If you're not setting aside evenings to date your wife, if you're not setting aside time to talk to your wife, if, if you are just two strangers passing in the night, you will absolutely wreck your marriage. Be intentional with your relationship. Told you I was going to dig in right now, and I'm digging in, but I don't want to be counseling any more people, okay, who I find out that they did nothing proactively, and I'll pray with you, and we'll counsel you, and we're here to believe God to save your marriage. But if this is always reactionary because you refuse to be proactive, you refuse to live intentionally, you're going to wreck your marriage. And what you're going to do by wrecking your marriage is you're going to wreck your children because it's always the children who suffer the most. 
it is always the children who suffer the most. They go through trauma and then their development is completely delayed. Am I, am I coming on strong here, Lighthouse Church? Good, I'm trying to. But we have got to get to this place where we live intentionally. We've got to make very intentional decisions in our marriage, and these things will then be handed down to our children. I love this Proverbs. Proverbs 13, 22, it says this. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Look at that. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Sadly, I've seen too many people leave their kids with debt and expenses that they never came clean on. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. And I know I've bragged on my dad a whole bunch. My dad's got this longstanding tradition where every single birthday he makes a deposit into my kid's college fund. I don't see it. I've never seen the money ever. But he's telling me, he's like, every single birthday I make a deposit into their college. He's created a fund for every single one of his nine grandkids for college. And he's, every birthday he's sewing into it. Why? Because of that proverb, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. What is he doing? Leaving, he's living intentionally. Say that one more time. Say intentionally. All right, last one, then I got to move. Last one here. Raise your children in the church. Raise your children. Write that down. Raise your children in the church. Don't let the club soccer teams raise your kids, okay? Raise your children in the church. The church, and I'm not against any of that, okay? But I'm just saying get your priorities straight. Raise your children in the church. Hebrews 10, 24 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. This, this scripture here in Hebrews, when Paul says, don't stop coming together as some people are accustomed to doing, let me give you the context that Paul was talking about. People in the early church feared getting together because they were killing Christians in the early church. They were being martyred. So when they gathered together, they were risking their lives by gathering together. It was to their own detriment that they would gather in large group settings. It was almost more advantageous for them to just be a Christian in isolation. And Paul says, don't give up meeting together. I, I know, I understand the risk that you're, that, that you're having to go through. I understand how difficult it could be. But, but don't give up the habit of meeting together. I, I know that it's to your own peril, but don't give up the habit of meeting together. And nowadays, we don't come to church because it's too cold. We don't come to church because it's too hot. We don't come to church because whatever reason. We, we, we look for reasons not to come. And again, we, we just kind of hand those things down to our kids. We hand those things down to our kids. And, and so mom and dad, you have got to make the right decisions to not just get your kids here, but do whatever it takes to get your kids to fall in love with Christ. Be very intentional. You know, my, my son, he's serving on view right now, but last Sunday he was right there in the front row. I don't let my son serve every single week here at this church. I don't think that's a good idea for anyone to have their kids serving every single week at this church. They got to take, they can serve one Sunday, the next Sunday they better be up here. Because mom and dad, you got to make sure your kids fall in love with Jesus. You need to make sure they fall in love with the Lord of the work and not the work of the Lord. 
And so you got to take those steps. Last night, it was a beautiful moment. Laid hands on my son, prayed with my son, crying together. And, and I want that for you, Lighthouse Church. We close with everybody. Get your family together. So mom and dad and all the things that you have your kids doing, make sure you put in them a love for the things of God. Raise them in the church. Don't let them drift. Don't let them go too far. And I'm coming to a close now. Do what you have to do, but get your kids here and not just get them. It's not that they're just here, but do the intentional things that you know are going to contribute to them falling in love with Jesus. What, 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 do I, what kind of father would I be if we had exploding growth here at Lighthouse Church and my kids didn't want to follow Jesus? What, what kind of father would I be if I gave my kids, if I, if I gave to you guys all that I had every single week and had nothing for my boys? What kind of father would I be if, if we celebrated baptism after baptism after baptism? And I love Baptism Sunday. It's coming up next month, and it's going to be a great day. But if my sons don't get baptized, I've still missed the mark. Because if you win at the wrong things, you've still lost. If you win at the wrong things, you've still lost lost. And listen to me, Lighthouse, so many of you do such an incredible job. There are so many dads in this place and moms in this place. As a matter of fact, let's give it up for all of our parents right now. I think so many of you are doing so many things well. The other day I saw Zach skateboarding while his son's out there on the scooter. And I'm like, man, Zach is such a great dad. Zach is such a cool dad. I couldn't get on a skateboard. I'd die. It's all talented just doing it. I'm like, man, I wish I had those skills. Raise your children in church. Be intentional, mom and dad. And, and the last thing I'm going to leave with you is, is, is this, and I'm flipping it now, because these are all the different things, the values that I want for you. Okay? I, I want for you to allow Jesus to be Lord of your life. That's the first thing that has to happen. Number two, I want you to trust God to meet every single need that you have in your life. I want you to live intentionally. And then, of course, I want you to raise your children in the church. But let me talk to those of you that you're listening to me, and this was not your experience. Let me talk to those of you where you're thinking, man, Pastor Josh, but... You have a good dad. You've talked about him a lot. You've, you've shared with us about how your parents did a phenomenal job at home. And you've talked to us about having a very present dad, but that's not my situation. Let me tell you something. You could break generational cycles. You could be the person to reset everything. And just because your father got it wrong, it doesn't mean that you have to get it wrong. And just because your mom got it wrong doesn't mean that you have to get it wrong. You could be a Joseph. In the Old Testament, we read about a young man named Joseph who was forsaken by all of his family, and yet he still served God. When everything was against him, and Joseph had every single reason to quit on God. Joseph had every single reason to not serve God. Joseph had every single reason to just give in to the culture and to give in to just his world that he lived in. Joseph was faithful to God even when his, faith, when his family wasn't faithful to him. Joseph was faithful to God even when his friends and acquaintances weren't faithful to him. Joseph was faithful to God even when people made up stories 
stories and light on him. Joseph was faithful and he broke a generational cycle in his family and he served God in spite of everything that happened all around him. And I'm telling you, Lighthouse Church, there's some of you here and you need to have that, you know, in spite of everything, I'm still going to live this way. In spite of the hell in my life, I'm going to break the cycle. In spite of everything that I've had to go through, my kids are going to not live through that. I'm going to be intentional with how I do it because this relationship is so delicate. This relationship is so important. We, we have got to get the family right. This might be the most important message that I preach to you in this series, but you've got to get the family right. And if your spouse is not here in this room, listen to me. You keep serving God with all your heart. You keep serving God and trusting God. And you might feel like I'm alone and how can I do this all by myself? I have seen God bring spouses. I have seen God save unbelieving spouses. I have seen God do it when one said, I'll do, I'll do it even if I have to do it alone. So Lighthouse, I'm going to pray with you right now. Would you just close your eyes and right there where you're at, just kind of lean in and I don't know what your need is, but I want to pray over you. I want to pray over your marriage. I want to pray over your home. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord God, for every family here right now. I pray, God, for every marriage right now. God, I know that marriages and homes are under attack. Culture is trying to weaken the authority of parents. But God, we declare here in this moment that we are submitting to your lordship together. God, here in this moment, we are saying that we need you, Father. And we don't want to live outside of your presence, and we don't want to live outside of your direction. We don't want to live outside of you, Father. We want to, we want to remain in you, Father. There is so much that is coming and that is attacking homes and families that, God, we can't do this without you. We need you, Father. So right now, I pray over every marriage. In your name, Lord God your name, Jesus. If you're seated with your seated with your spouse, grab them by the hand. Stand to your feet. I want you to grab that hand and just kind of lift it up towards heaven. I want to pray over you right now. I want to pray over your marriage. I want to pray for your marriage to be strengthened right now. I just feel like we've got marriages that just need to be strengthened in this moment. Grab the hand of your spouse. If you feel like coming up, you can come on up and meet us at this altar. We'll pray with you as well. But, but I, I just pray right now over every marriage, over every home. Father, in the name of Jesus, would you strengthen every marriage right now? Strengthen it, Lord God. God, help us to make changes, to live intentionally. Help us, Father, to do the things that we need to do, Father, to, to, to live intentionally in our home. Give us wisdom, Father, to parent our children. In your name, Jesus, in your name. Come on, that's it, Lighthouse. I want you to open up your mouth. You couples that, that, that you're going through something right now, would you just begin to talk to your father, whatever it is that you need. Come on, have a conversation with him. Have a conversation with him. Father, we need you. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. God, strengthen every marriage. Strengthen every home. Strengthen every family. Strengthen us, Father. Strengthen us, Father. If you're able to kind of lift that hand up towards heaven right now, I promise I'll be done in just a minute. But as you're holding that hand, just lift that hand up because that's a posture of receiving from God. And Father, we receive of you right now strength. We receive of you now peace. We pray for peace in our home. We pray for peace with our children. 
We pray, Lord God, that your presence would come into our home, Lord. I pray, God, that there would be a peace that begins to silence the storms in our home, that there would be a peace that silences the waves. Lord, I pray for a peace, Lord Jesus, that are going to calm our relationships with our children. Father, in the name in the name of Jesus, would you do that now, Lord? Would you do that now, Jesus? Would you do that now? Come on, we're going to enter into a time of worship as you continue to pray. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.